I invited struggle in a way. Like it was like, I went broke by choice. I like have been living and surviving every month off faith that like I'm gonna get a get work and do this. And I'm doing very well in a very expensive city. If you can't pay your bills with music, sucks. But you better find a way to pay your bills. <laughs> I said it's nothing to me, ain't new to the ring. I son anybody who wanted with me, the stupidity. If it's I and it's you, then one of these things is losing to me. Who could it be? Who could it be? Will it be you? Indubitably. Host Bader, the undisputed podcast for the independent music industry, with your hosts Clef Wonder, Jordan, and Calvin the Second. What up, what up, what up, what up? What it you. do? Yo, we yo. back, we back. We back. As a matter of fact, we getting right into that. Hey. Uh, Work-life balance. Mm. Uh, you know, in this industry, music industry, independent in the music, independent in the music. Independent in the music. Independent music. Independent music. Independent music. Mm. Yeah. Tongue twister. Uh, And I'm going to start it off because uh, basically, um, you know, me and my production partner, Kofi, we would probably rate ourselves in each other's top five of survivalists when it comes to LA because there yeah. used to be a thing that we say or kind of still say is that, you know, two years really is going to show who's got the gumption mm. stay in this joint, mm. you know? It's not like this New joint York, being LA. This joint yeah. being LA. Because it's not like New York where he's like, you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's like, I've been in both. LA is harder. LA is harder. It's like, LA is harder. It's just like, LA is one of those things like, if you can make it here, who gives a fuck about anywhere else? Basically. Mm. So, uh, no, and, and that's uh, actually uh, kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, you know, um, we did some things. Like, like me and Kofi, like, we, you know, obviously there's three of us, but when uh, Q, our third member, he's Korean, when he went back to, to serve his uh, martial law in South Korea, we decided to move out to LA. We drove all the way here from Boston in like mm. in like a day, basically. Dang. You know, like a little cargo van, put all our shit in there, whatever it didn't. Could have been a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a day of actual driving, basically we we left um April, on April first, because our lease was done. I gave I let anybody whatever I left, I told you can have it in my house. I told the guy that but you know, whatever. Um, we're leaving. I left the house in charge of this people. I used to manage this house. Um over there but um shout out roseway everyone who's ever lived on roseway in uh, boston roseway. Um, we uh we left there april 1st stopped by my mama house in detroit uh for like to just you know eat take a nap it sounds there. longer than a day um well i, I said i only a day of driving that's what i'm saying like we slept over there in detroit overnight and we, uh we left at dawn all the way from Detroit to Denver in 16 hours, nonstop. Well, stopping for gas, but you know. And then uh, we went from Denver to LA in the worst way ever. And, the, and I, I, that's another story for another day. Mm -hmm. But um, after we got here, man, it was really hard. And you know what? I'm not going to say certain names because I know there's some people who are part of our humble beginnings in LA that's probably not even over some of these situations. Mm. But we, you know, we had a hard time with work-life balance because we obviously come from degree programs. We come from having jobs. We come from just abandoning those positions and saying, we're going to just go to LA and do this, nothing else. And then... um. 
that's not what happened. <laughs> so, and and I and I'll, I'll be very specific. So essentially, when we got here, um, we kept the van for like another three, four days. Like we had it for a week rental. That's why we rushed to get across the state lines to California so we can have this car, this van, longer because we had no other car at that time. It was just like until mm-hmm. we are in the spot, moved in, like you know, we need to keep this van. So. We had to uh, basically, we stayed in like Motel 6s and stuff mm. like that. And um, like we got a week rate. We didn't have that much money. So we just went to Little Caesars and bought like six boxes of pizza and lived off of them for days at a time because they were $5 back then. Y'all nasty. You just so, let the pizza sit there and get stale? No, I would we, just bought the pizzas one at a time when I needed it. Well, that's that's what I meant. Oh, I oh, was, that wasn't clear. Yeah, I mean, we bought like six pizzas. I'm just saying, like, it's a, we went damn. through about six boxes of pizza by that time. Okay. Yeah, you Thank know, you yeah, my bad. And then like, uh, because it was five dollars and five dollars, it was one box pizza. One pizza feeds two Negroes. Heck yeah. So, um, and we were supposed to work it out with these two girls that we had, uh, you know, Kofi's friends that he already knew before we got here. Um, I gave them some of our information, let them know income and situations like that. They needed a place to stay. So there's like, we're going to find a place. Now we're back in Boston when we decided to do this. They're already living in LA. Mm-hmm. Those two girls are like, we're going to find a place and you know, we're going to live two to a room and y'all go live two, two, two to a room. And then we can afford this place because rent and tie, rent, the, the rent is too damn high in LA. So at that point, we was going to do that. We found out when we got here that, Unfortunately, these girls were not on the up and up. Matt, uh, the manager was like, oh, you know that both of them just been evicted, right? I was like, no, I don't know that. Yeah, no, you know they put they that. applied for this under your credit, right? And I was like, oh, no, I do not know Wow. That. Oh, LA got real personal with you. Real quick. And real personal. And then like I got real, I I got real mad and I called them. Nobody picked up. But you know what happens when people don't pick up the phone? Hmm. Voicemail happens. I forgot that. So with my emotional pissed off self, I said a lot of things uh-huh. that one of these girls heard later. And I'm not going to lie. I still have nightmares about how I made this girl feel. Like she called, nah, she called that. Kofi crying about everything. Now I'm here's glad. the thing. I talk, to, I tell my wife this all the time. She's like, I don't, I, she should have boohooed for days. So Boo-hooed for she days. Feel bad. At what she did. I was like, I, I get it. But I, I just like, she just responded in a way like, like she really never meant, she really thought it was going to really work out. I was like, you thought she was going to hide evictions? Like, you like, No, no, no. I, I'll say this. Cause I do tell everybody this. Look, I understand that life happens. Life has happened to me. Always can be, if it's the worst news you could possibly think of, because if not, you're robbing me of the chance to pivot, to actually use the reality of the situation to my advantage. Mm. Now you made a situation worse. I'm glad she cried. That was her soul repenting for being a horrible <laughs> human being and putting other people in her warpath. I, I want to rehash that in case, <laughs> they ever, in case they ever watch. But I mean, so that's not how that's not how bad it got. So and at this point we but still wait, we, more. we still can't get work done musically. So like we still on hold with that. So our manager, shout out David Jung, he's uh was a great man. He he's the one that brought us out to LA because he's got us our first placement, which was up and down on the shiny record, uh back in two thousand eleven, which got us to LA and we were gonna be working in K pop. So, um and he said, I got a friend that owns this 
yoga shop on Beverly Drive um, near um, Rodale and all that stuff. Y'all can work there in the meantime. And then, like, when y'all not at work, you got to be in my writing shops doing stuff. And he's like, we're done. And it's like, this is our origin story, at least in L.A. We're going to do that. That's not, God was like, well, no, it's not going to be that way. In fact, while we were in the manager's house of that apartment building that we got denied for trying to work out something else, Mm -hmm. we get an email from the label and publishing company that our manager represents to say he died randomly. Mm. Um, He was only like 32 years old and he had a random brain aneurysm. And we were talking to him days up until that point. We've only been in LA now like three days. It's like we left Boston on the first. This is April 4th, the day after my birthday. Mm. And then, um, we were talking to him and then we talked to his wife a little bit when we couldn't reach him on a third. And, uh, and she was like, he's just been a little sick, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and then on the fourth, it was like, uh, he had to go to the hospital, but he'll call you when he get out. And then we got the email later that day. It was like, he died on the table. He had a brain aneurysm. And I'm like, Jeez. like it was, it just took us apart because that mm-hmm. was like our only personal relationship really out here at that point. Everything was leaning on him. Our apartments fell through and all this stuff. And basically, we had to figure out what next. And basically, we just decided, we just looked at each other like, we're not going home. So what do we do now? Because basically, we just knew like, you know, Kofi has engineering degrees. I have these other degrees. We're like, look, we can go home. We can say we failed. We can let all this hit. And then may, never make it back. Or say no. we go come back and who knows, life happens. Yeah, it might not be. Yeah. yeah. So we just like, we just going to figure this out. So, you know, uh, we lived on the floor a little bit. Long story short, we finally got to a place and we end up living in someone's garage for two years. And then what I mean by, we talk about saggies and stuff like that. At this point in time, we it was really hard to get hired. Or even the basics. I didn't get a job at McDonald's. Like, you'd be surprised how much in L.A. you can't get a basic job when you have advanced degrees and you moved here and you work in an advanced degree entertainment industry. So if you got degrees that have to do with film, music, no, you, put, act, you put those degrees on your McDonald's application? You put, well, well I, that's what I'm saying. I might have the, left The idiocy of not knowing that you shouldn't put these things on there. I was about to they say, looking at like, you like... Uh, Nigga, you ain't gonna be here that long. <laughs> like, like, yeah. They so, look at it, and I was like, oh, "Well, it's, I mean, did you just? I would have went across the street to Burger King and did just left that off. We didn't live there. Like we could only work where we could walk to, because you know, let's not let's yum, let's, yum, let's keep donuts. it one hundred. Let's keep it mm. one hundred. L A. It's hot. L A. Uh, public transportation is trash. Oh, it's trash, trash. So we had can, like we can bike. only work one bus ride away if we actually wanted to get. Oh, to y'all work didn't on. have a whip at the time. We didn't have a car. So after we started living really in this garage in like Silmar, shout out Augusto, Silmar boy. Um, basically, this this is actually a garage where there is uh, basically a shade closet shade that closes off to the bathroom, and there's no other separation. The kitchenette is a mini fridge, and right. situations like that. And I kid you not, me and Kofi stayed in this place two years, mind you. We didn't really have to live there longer than about. 14 months but we just got to the point where we finally started making a little bit of money to save and we just like we can't go nowhere because we up all of our credit by this point because we had to default on everything when we moved to LA Mm -hmm. because we couldn't get work in time so any type of credit any type of of student loans it's gone man 
Like we were like, we went to, we were at that 500 range. We dropped 250 points in just a few months. And it was just like, oh, screw credit. Credit means nothing to us. Yeah, survival Cause we mean is nothing, more important. Because we, we mean nothing to credit. <laughs> so it's like cash is king at this point. You can get nowhere without cash, so save mm-hmm. up. Where were so, y'all working at this point? At this point, I was giving blood plasma twice a week at Octafarmer and Van Nuys. Right across from the studio you used to have at Victory and Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, well, I don't think you were there that. But no, we that, were not there. Yeah, yeah. At that time. Um, but at, uh, that's where it was. So I had to go there uh, twice a week, certain amount of days apart, because legally you only can donate three days apart. And if you miss your day, if your iron's low, they'll tell you, oh, you can't donate today. I was like, I need my $50. Yeah, it was only $50. And they put it on their version of a debit card that you can basically only use at places that's going to take that debit card. So I just use it at the grocery store. So we just did that. And then uh, basically after that, I went to the whole Apple one route and I was like, all right, I just got to get a job. The Apple one is like a job placement place. So they just kept moving me around. I ended up finding out that I actually can type 150 words per minute. Didn't know I could type that fast. Um, So there's like, Oh, you're going to do data entry. So I, you know, did data entry, and then after that, I was rushed home to try to make tracks. Or like we would try to do the pursuit of Grammyness and shit like that. Oh, yeah. And I was still working. Uh, like I was, like, I was working far. Like this is Agora Hills, and I lived in Selmar, so there was an hour. And then I got a job at. They finally said, "We got a job. We can place you in for a whole year." I was like, and I made a promise to myself, like I'm not working there for more than one year. <laughs> I'm not working there and it's it turned out to be Anthem Blue Cross you know my mother worked at Blue Cross for 30 years so well, at this point 35 years <laughs> so she was just like she made so she's call. happy she like made oh, you got call. a job you ain't even know. Yeah, I ain't got to worry about go ahead and like, just tell them who I'm, I'm this I'm that and I'm like I don't want to work here but I'm not going to work in more than a year but I'm going to work very well mm-hmm. for one year because I want all the money I want all, all the assistance the incentives I want the overtime and all of this stuff because I want to get the hell out of this garage, you know? And then like, and that's that work life balance at Anthem was the hardest thing in the world because the thing is it was at two hours away with traffic. I had to wake up at 6 AM just to leave the house by six 30 in order to get there by 8 AM mm. and work didn't start till nine. So I was sleeping in the parking lot for an hour. Hold um, on, why did you get there at eight? Because if you waited to 7.30 to get in that traffic, you wouldn't actually make it to the 9.30. Mm. So you had to beat traffic by being there an hour early. And, like, and if you wanted to make it there right on time, it was two hours and 25 minutes of actual traffic of leaving there like 7.15 or something like that. I forgot what the math was. It was mm. terrible. I figured out the hard way like the first couple of weeks. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, have okay. to, I have to live here very early yep. and just yep. sleep here. Luckily, they served breakfast, had a kitchen and everything. So I just... Slept there for like 45 minutes, got up, hey, ate breakfast, and went to work. You know, so, and that's how we eventually met Todrick Cole. Mm-hmm. Because our good friend, um, Bonzel. Bonzel Solomon, shout out to her and Hope's House in Granada Hills, that church. Um, you know, uh, she was like, oh, Todrick needs somewhere to record right quick. Like, mind you, all we got is one of them DigiDesign 002s. Hey. And went in the garage with the C two one four, AKG something. Man, so we don't have garage, we don't have, made garage band. Like, right? And That's we just had. just and they were just like, all right. He's like, I just need to record something right quick. 
that begins the relationship of us working with Todrick in about 2013 or so. And then um, through Todrick, we meet Jeeves. Mm. Through Jeeves is, you know, producer, extraordinaire, guitarist, Santana Records, Tupac Records, what you name it, he's done it. Jeeves introduces us to a gig that he don't want. TVQs. One man's trash. One man's trash. trash. (laughs) And that led us to basically save enough to get out of there. And we ended up in the Panorama City uh, mega apartment where we built the studio and made all of our dreams come through for like a couple years. Who later, for some reason, Calvin ended up in that same apartment with some other people from Berkeley six years later. (laughs) It was like, ain't this your old crib? Crazy, but yeah. that's another story. But right. same what, exact room, crazy. I, what I'm saying with this, with the work life balance, this, what I mean by this story, that story was the span of 2011, April, all the way through 2013, uh, uh, um, 2014, January. Mm-hmm. And that's how long it took us to get to the point of being here and now we know that we're going to actually survive and we're not even still doing what we want to do. Yeah. We just finally got a job that is in music stable. to pay <laughs> right. our bills. That didn't mean we Ubered still at that point and after that. Mm-hmm. That was just the point where we were just like, we're going to make it here. We're nowhere really in this industry at this point. Yeah. But we're now not going home. Yeah. And throughout that whole time, the work life balance was always in peril because you had to eat, you had to pay rent. Mm -hmm. But you couldn't say no to a lot of gigs because it was just like, then what are you doing? So you got to show up to Carrie's to, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to show up to Carrie Gordy's and knowing that. You're not going to get paid until this record is mastered and sold to a label. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't know that at the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. They thought they were about to cash out. So ah. you end up working six, seven months. I was like, can we get a stipend? <laughs> can we get a, can we get something? Right. You okay. know, like, you know, just something just so we can, he's like, nah, that I don't want to set that precedent. This is, this is how the music industry works. You work on, you're going to get your back in. Mm-hmm. And when you, you get your production, when we sell the fucking record. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> right. but anyway, but yeah, but that's what happened. I was like, so we just like, we got to keep working. We got to keep doing all this other stuff. Like, I'm not even talking about personal relationships. I'm not even talking about love. I'm not talking about girlfriends. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. It's the bare essentials of existing and saying that you are still here, holding your head up to anyone that you meet and saying, yes, I am a producer. Mm -hmm. Because that's hard to say driving Uber. Yeah. That's hard to say when you're sitting up with a harpoon in your arm giving out your blood and your plasma. It was like, what do you do? Uh, I'm a producer for this nigga. What the fuck do you really do? Nah, right. what do you do? <laughs> now, yeah. they, they meant, do you do heroin or crack? Because clearly, we okay. need to know. Because it's not a lot of people in there on the up and up. Like, shout out. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people who really worked through and did stuff like Octopharma, did things like giving blood and plasma that turned out to be, you know, titans of industry and very professional but we know those type of people we were in there sitting next to people mm-hmm. that was going nowhere 
And yeah. you have to, you it comes full circle in life when you start realizing like, am, am I the same as all of yeah. this? Like, am, am I like, my environment? Like, am I the cautionary tale in LA and just hasn't realized it yet? Mm. Yeah. You know, like, is this, am I delaying the inevitable? Like, is this like, how does this look? Does this look really bad? Is this delusion or faith? Is this delusion mm. or faith? It's or a, are they similar? Yeah, you it's know? like, and I'm just like, all I got to yeah. say is it's like, when people told told us how long it would take, it kind of took that long. And I'm not saying it didn't take that long to blow. Like, you can, you can, you can catch fire in the pan all the time, lightning, all the stuff, lightning in the bottle. But the more common story is, mm. is that you're going to have a bit of a struggle out here in that first two years, especially if you're not money bags, especially if you're doing it by yourself. Like me and Kofi don't really do it without each other. I realized that realized that a long time ago. We was just like, it's because whatever he couldn't pick up the slack at, I could. When I couldn't do this, he could. We didn't have his money. He had it. I didn't have his money. He had it. And that's and that was us for like at least the first four years out here. And then finally we got to a place where like, oh, we have savings accounts. <laughs> there you we go. have money in the savings. It only took four and a half years. You know, to not live exactly check to check. Now we're just two checks. Well, what are, what are some take, <laughs> what are some takeaways from that and everything? Because it's a cool story, but like, what are some things that you would piece of advice you would give to somebody that you experience? Um, I mean, the main things I take away as far as work life balance is that you need to sustain yourself in order to be available. Like I've said before, the best ability is availability. If you want to be available for the session. That means that you need to have possibly a laptop. You need to have whatever that you're supposed to do. If you you make beats or you produce, you need to have you need to have these things. You can't be empty-handed. You also need to take care of yourself to be fresh for this session. Like if you're not sleeping and you're working that much, you're not going to be fresh for this se- this session. This means that you need to find a way. If you can't pay your bills with music, sucks. But you better find a way to pay your bills. Ah, you know what's crazy? Oh my god! I, I feel like what that story really because I have no real reference point to like having a work life balance and achieving anything that I wanted to achieve. Like it mm-hmm. almost feels this might sound morbid, but I kind of feel like balance is a myth when I think about it. Balance is a myth. That like, sounds morbid. That's just an what, what yeah. Sound morbid? So. Well, it sounds morbid because, you know, obviously we want to promote the idea of work-life balance. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you should have a balance in your life. But, like, as an artist, as an entrepreneur, I don't know that I've ever, like, I'm still to this day trying to think, like, do I even have balance now? Or am I just way more comfortable in the imbalance? You know what I'm saying? Like, and what I mean by that is, like. I like that you go deep with stuff. No, that that, is that, that deep? Sense. I feel like I be saying like the the obvious to myself, but no, then it's no, no. like I'm like I, I don't know if I'm saying it as clear as it's I. It's like it's I, you, you break you make metaphysical things really easy to digest. Oh, that's good because that's what I hope is that yeah, it's easy yeah. to digest because I don't ever want to be that dude no, who's no, talking no. about like, shit that only damn, I understand. That's a great question, and I understood it. But yeah, no, I think for me, like the only thing that I could say from experience is that there's just this season where you are exhausted and mm. broke. And struggling, mm-hmm. and you still got to show the fuck up. Uh, yeah, and there's yeah. no balance at oh, all. But yeah. that but that season My. is what ultimately gets you. And it's not yeah. even gonna be just one of them. Yeah, and there's gonna be multiple of those. And Damn. 
and like nigga, you, really that season gets you to a place not where you achieve work-life balance but where you just get used to that lifestyle yeah. and you're like you know what this is what it is and this is the life i chose but the trade-off is i love what i do yeah. you know what i'm saying the trade-off is i've built a network and a community of people who mm. understand and are in the same boat and yeah i don't i don't know that you know, I've even achieved balance so much as I've just achieved an acceptance that this is the life I chose. Then yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know yeah, I, I would agree that you don't probably even have balance when it comes to that. Well, I, yeah. And I don't think I would have had balance either because in, when it comes to it, like especially, I'm, and I'm using LA specifically because that's where our expertise is. Um, the the more common story story that actually happens out here are the people who make it or at least make it to a point of where they are a factor in the industry and they work in this industry professionally, um, they survive the scary hours. And mm. the thing is, that's all it is. That's mm. all it is. Like, you're surviving the scary hours. Even yeah. when you're, like, doing well. Even when you're in this season where yeah. you feel like, you know, oh, you got some change or you got some comfort or you got some regular work, you're doing this, you kind of see what you want to do the next day, the next week, the next month, what you got plans for, you're making plans next year, next five years. You can have that. That doesn't mean that the scary hours are not coming again. That part. No, it's, a, it's that time. Did we talk about that? Now you just got a cushion. Quote, yeah. As far as like he was saying, like, you know, he booked, he was doing really good in the 80s and 90s and he's always doing good, but it was at, I think you said it, but he was like, it was an interview and he was like, hey, you know, Enjoy these good times because they don't last. Mm -hmm. and oh, also, you talking about Tom Hanks? Yeah. Tom Hanks, and yeah. It was like, yeah. And, and it was like, in the bad times, like, oh, the bad times don't last either. So being able to mm. weather the storm. What I was going to say to your thing was like, you know, they say what calm seas never made a strong sailor. Mm. So it's like, you probably did. You do get used <laughs> to the ups and downs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll tell my like story. I'll try to condense it and everything. Like, I think the thing that helped me a lot was New York. You know, I was from Detroit, but I was living in New York, um, working in labels and then got into acting and whatnot. And that's when I came over to here. And I was so broke in New York. Oh, my God. Like, I tell people, I was so broke in New York. I had a cat at a certain point, and I couldn't afford cat food. Now, mind you, cat food was a dollar. Mm. So, like, you could go to a dollar store and, like, get cat food. I, that was not in the budget. Wow. I remember at a certain point, I had to, like, I would wait until Harold's Chicken would close because I could get extra chicken from them, and my cat would eat their chicken bones. <laughs> Wow. And so he was like, that was it. I was like, okay, I can make this work. I had like maybe two dollars. I was broke, bro. Mm -hmm. And it's been, you know, it's annoying at the time and whatnot, but it's, it is something that you're able to go back and like, be like, wow, I survived that. Because, you know, I didn't really have a Kofi. It was like, I had to be, <laughs> I had to mm -hmm. figure it out. And it was just like, mm -hmm. you know, thank God there were like, I, you know, you learn how to be resourceful and stuff, especially when you're away and it's like, mommy and daddy can't necessarily help you. Or even if they did, like, you know, I wasn't always getting along with my mom at the time. So I remember I knew I could maybe ask her for enough help just to get through. But I was like, it would just be this argument and I would just feel bad and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just suffer. I mean, I'm just going to suffer because I'd rather suffer and know that I got through on my own than like, okay, I had to have this argument for two hours to get a little bit of money and I still was in a bad position. I was like, nah, let mm -hmm. me just suffer and get through it mm -hmm. and whatnot. And it made me stronger and stuff. So coming out here... Um, I definitely, I did the same thing. You, it seems like everybody thinks it's going to be one way, specifically when they come out. And then it is quickly shown that it's not going to be like that. It's not. Uh, I was, um, staying with a friend of family and whatnot, and it was supposed to be for two months. Um, me and my friend came out and 
just a lot of interesting things happened um, to where it was like, all right, we should probably get out of here a lot sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully, I did a job right before it was my first big voiceover job and checks for that started coming in like two weeks before and what after we got there. So I was able to use those. We got an apartment. We got out. Things were going good and whatnot. And my roommate left like randomly. I tried to keep the apartment going by myself, but I couldn't because I wasn't, I, you know, I just got there. I wasn't stable enough. Mm. And so ended up and didn't even know anything about life, ended up getting evicted. And I, it was like the, and when I tell you, I got like evicted. Like the sheriffs came and walked me out, that boy, like the sheriff. And I'm like, what? I, yeah, I was like, oh, cause I didn't know. Did they think he was somebody else? No, that I got evicted. It was messed up. It was like embarrassing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was messed up. I ain't never, I didn't know none of that. No, it was a whole thing because like, again, I had a roommate that just like left and I was just trying to keep it. I didn't know. I wasn't as resourceful as I am now. Mm-hmm. Like now, oh my, out of Airbnb, I'd have been fine. Yeah. Like, give me, I'd have been annoyed. Well, it wasn't for around by then, it, but you would have figured it out. I always say that. I'm like, dang, I would have cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so I was like, you know, thankfully, uh, my good friend, you know, Anita, she was there and everything. She was like, okay, cool. I was able to chill with her for a bit. And two weeks later, I had like an apartment in a better part of town. Mm-hmm. Like, with a better roommate and it was just amazing and dope and everything. So it was like, it, mm-hmm. it was this ebb and flow. It was like, I get here, things going to be great. It's not. Then, oh, okay, check them in. I get an apartment. Stable for a little bit. Roommate leaves. Boom. Eviction. Two weeks later, bam, we back in it. It's like, okay, <laughs> hold up. So it's like, like you said, the, the scary days come and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you kind of learn like, um, oh, okay, I don't have to let this detail what my experience is and stuff and everything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. And those things come like, and they, they ebb and flow. You're not, yeah. you just kind of, it's not that you, you just kind of do get used to it. And you, like, yo, I think about this, like, and I don't know exactly how true this is for you guys, but since I graduated college, like, I haven't had like a regular job, dude. No. I like, have been living and surviving every month off faith that like, I'm going to get a job, get work and do this. And I'm doing very well in a very expensive city. Yeah. I've lived in very nice places. But I'm like, let's mm-hmm. think about my friends who have like regular nine to fives. And I'm like, oh, they go to a place every day and they know they're going to get some money and everything. I, I have no way, idea where I'm going next week. Yeah. But I know mm-hmm. it's going to equal up to more than enough money yeah. to do the things because I have like my hand in different things and whatnot and funds come. And yeah. it's insane. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's actually crazy. Yeah, and bro. I'm just so used to it now because again, I've just gone through all these different ups and downs. Um, and, you know, of course, did the whole gig thing. I never really got into the Uber Eats. I think I did like two days of that, and I was like, eh. But, man, Uber and Lyft, my God. I, Uber are you got me saying through. specifically you didn't, you do, you Ubered, but you didn't do Uber Eats, that's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I oh, did, okay. all right, or Postmates. I like, I tried mm. it for a, a little bit. I just didn't like. Just Too much the, getting out of the car, double parking. It was that. It was, like, and I, I know there was a way to do it, but it was like, I think I just didn't, have a great game plan from the jump and if I would have I might have been maybe better but I didn't and so I was like yeah let me get mm. on but yeah no man I remember at one of my lowest points <laughs> it was so crazy like I just was waiting on some funds and for whatever reason they weren't coming in and something was going on and I just was like I think sometimes what can get you is the exhaustion of like oh I'm not out of this stuff I'm like another one 
Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was just parked on the side of the road and I was like, I needed funds, but I didn't have it and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, I mean, I do got this Lyft app. Mm-hmm. I guess it's still active. Mm-hmm. And sure, and I, man, I got, I got like maybe $5 to my name and just like, well, you know, like an eighth of a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I ain't going to die right here on the side of the road. Let me at least try to turn on the app. Boop, boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Log in. First ride, thirty dollars. Mm. Well, that's enough for some gas. <laughs> yeah. Second ride, twenty dollars. Mm. Okay, <laughs> and so mm. it's like, so I was like on depression on the side of the road, crying because everything was just going yeah. wrong. And then it was like, okay, I got, I'm actually gonna be okay. Let me chill. Yeah. Let me chill. I, and it, you just worked your way out of the hole. Yeah, like I, that. I can tell you, crazy. working yourself out of the hole. What you should do yeah. if you don't have a plan mm. is understanding overhead. Calculate your hard overhead and your soft yeah. overhead. Yeah. I always had a hard overhead of like, this is the absolute minimum to live my life. The mm-hmm. soft overhead is like, this is the absolute necessary to live my life happy. <sighs> so not satisfied, just happy just enough. Happy. Just happy, happy enough. enough, you know, you, know yeah. you might eat out once. <laughs> so it's one of those situations. And I calculated my life in months away. So basically, I got to the point where like, okay, now I'm, I have one month overhead. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to keep working. And it, and this is when I was Ubering. And I was just like, I, just like why are you Ubering? Like, why don't you just do these gigs? I'm like, no, I'm going to do these gigs. But I'm going to Uber because I only have one month overhead. And then after a while, I was like, okay, now I got two. And then, oh, now I finally got paid for this gig. I use none of that. So I keep Ubering. Now I got three. My whole point was just like, once I get six months overhead where I live, I can finally move to a place where after I put the money down and get in there, I'll still have three months overhead left for living in that situation. And then I recalibrated from there to like, all right, how do I get to another six months? And then when I got to six months there, because at that point I was in Wooden Hills, and then that's where you saw me living at Laurel Canyon in that little but that was my first apartment by mm. myself. So mm. I don't know if people know that, but yeah, my first apartment to myself where I lived by myself uh, or didn't share a room or didn't share any type of thing was uh, at the age of 33, 32, 33. Mm. It took that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every other time I had to live with somebody, I had to rent out a room here, I had to do this thing. Even if I, when I lived in Williams, I had to do that. So, uh, but I operated in that form. And then finally, when things started taking off, records started taking off, then you started getting sinks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then I started going in quarters. Like, I can't buy certain things, or we can't go on this trip, or we can't do these things until we have these many quarters of overhead. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell my wife that all the time. I'm just like, well, I want to do this. I'm going to go that. Oh, that requires to have three quarters over it. So right now. Now, where right. do you get the calculation of how many quarters a certain thing costs? Just literally the the, the base um, dollar amount? Well, basically, I, de- I decide what our monthly overhead is. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I, so three of those is a quarter. And then, um, and then I just say, we need three of those, basically nine months of overhead in order for you to deplete our overhead by two months. You got to have nine. We have to always be over six months 
period, no matter what. That was the minute. Not six months. Over six months. Over so I, six. So it had to always be in the third quarter somehow. So I was like, it, we need to have seven months overhead after we spend whatever we do. So even if we were 10 or 11 months in overhead, and but she wanted something mega or something that's going to cost this or the installments of that. And I was like, yeah, but we're going to be depleted after that. We still need to be, I, I never want to be closer than seven months, ha- more than a little bit over the half the year mm-hmm. because that's how bad work can start. Stop. And I was, Man. Just, like, I was just like, if work stops, I need to know, I need six months to get, get some back shit to, to get some shit popping. That's, and, no, I don't, that, and I don't need six the... months when I'm broke. I mean, I mean, get to the six months and I still got one month left. And I keep trying to tell it's like, I always need that seven months because I won't need six months to make shit happen. Uh-huh. That if, was like, if, if shit and then seven, and then the seventh month, actually, if it, if it takes six months to get shit popping, that means you need three more months to get paid. <laughs> exactly. And the reason why I came up with uh, the three quarter minimum, mm-hmm. like even I got friends that's like, you don't really need three quarters. You need six. I was, you just need uh, six months. I was like, yeah, you got a really nice job. The they don't get it. The likelihood that you're they getting fired get is different. You got you also they got some stock it. options. You got all this stuff. Like, you got a really nice job. But when it comes to what we do, we're entrepreneurs, we have our self-businesses and so all this other stuff, I was like, nah, I need that seven months. And this is what, I mean, that nine months because I'm married. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. But I've always known that if my wife got pregnant she's not working those last five months and probably those next five months mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying yeah. so I'm just like, that's nine to ten months where she's probably going to like not be able to work or do anything and I'm like I always want my overhead my income minimum or mine plus hers for the entire time that she would not be working already saved and if i'm still working then it's fine yeah you know and obviously i'm still working so i'll be exactly. like okay that's fine it's fine as long as i'm still working we'll supplement it because we saved that much so ever since that point ever since we got in this house like everything's divided on the fact that no we need not well, now we got more than that now because we've just been saving aggressively but um in, in case that happened but she just knows i'm like we are never going below nine months at this point. So whatever you decide that you think we need, we need to stack some more cash first, and then we can do that. Work-life balance is is tough, especially if you're in a provider position. Yeah. And so and I, and I'm like and I'm and this is coming from a point where I'm a man that doesn't have kids even yet. So yeah. I already know once the kids show up, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be very strict with these quarters because then it's gonna be like, oh, it's minimum four quarter. I need to be. Whatever year I'm in, I need to be in the month of that year next year. Mm-hmm. Period. Like it's like kids are not cheap, especially if you want nice things for them. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, they're not expensive until a certain age. But little tip. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, you know, I'm little not quick at that tip. Point. Put any and everything that you want on the on the kit on the registry. Any and everything you want. Mm. Don't hold back because you'll be surprised. We got like ninety eight percent, and it was a lot of pricey stuff on there. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure like you know, leave some stuff in the comments. Everybody got a, everybody got a story. Everybody got some. Especially if you out here, especially hit us up. Except for Jordan, he was very uh, sheltered. And no, I mean, like he said, <laughs> he he made a good point about like you know some of us uh, 
there, of us it, have there, real problems. There is nothing hanging yeah. in the balance because, but besides yourself, so you're never going to be balanced. Now I was actually thinking about that. I don't. I don't want to extend this past what it needs to be. But I was saying, I was nah. like, huh, like share your. Privilege. In a lot of ways, I was privileged. You were. Yeah, it's not and, a bad thing. In a lot like, of ways, yeah. I, I've never hated people that are privileged. It's like, what do you want for your kids? But I, but that that doesn't mean. I mean. And I think it's it goes without saying like privilege isn't absent of struggle. You know what I'm saying? Nah, like, you work. Def- <laughs> like, you know that's saying? one thing. Ain't nobody the, said the, about there was you. definitely struggle. That boy work. There was definitely struggle. But then I think about I think really just when I think about my origin story of L.A. Like I was really set up in a different way to where it did not feel. Like, I think a lot of people, L.A. is this big leap of faith, you know, or you have mm-hmm. yeah, rose-colored yeah. glasses and yeah. you come and then you're rudely awakened. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I guess for me, because I started coming to L.A. when I was 16 mm-hmm. um, and I, I already had like an acting agent and mm-hmm. I was like, I, I had already sort of built somewhat of a momentum to step into when I came out here. Mm-hmm. I also met you guys before I moved out here. So coming up here, it's like I already even had a security blanket of like community, a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it felt like I stepped right into like a, a realm of opportunity um, to where the, for me, it actually hit much later. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the, the reality and the struggle, it was like, I feel like I had like four solid years of like maybe living in the delusion and then Mm. it all hit me, you know, maybe in like my mid twenties when I was like, and it was more of a self discovery thing. You know what I'm Mm. saying? It was more of like a, which we, which we talked about before, like who am I beneath it, be beneath all this, you know what I'm saying? And like, and on, and on top of that, like, what do I really want out of life? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, like, abandoning maybe things that looked optically cool but didn't satisfy me. Do you know what I'm saying? And then yeah, I, it's, it's almost like this. I invited struggle in a way. Like, it was like I went broke by choice. And which so, so in a way, it's like, can you really even call it that? But it's like, yeah, it's like I wanted, I wanted that sense of, like, I can sustain myself you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like i could build myself up like mm-hmm. i can create a life from like my soul and my spirit like a life that accommodates like who i feel like i am inside versus like knowing i can perform and tap dance for yeah. a bag you know what i'm saying yeah. like i know that went, went weird it went a weird <laughs> no, direction. no 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 but i so yeah I, no it wasn't weird in a bad way it was just i felt it it was like yeah damn man I hope, like yeah. i don't know so it was like almost self-induced struggle in a way but it's like honestly it's the struggle that built a me that i'm like way more proud of like i can look at who i am now and be like oh i respect you i don't know that i could have said that sooner do you think that that's maybe this is slightly related but and if if there's no correlation it's fine but do you feel like that's maybe why sometimes people that are privileged like will go to the hood and like try to you know because they maybe want that struggle that that earned sense of accomplishment or something. Not saying that there's a correlation with that with you unless there is. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I started gangbanging during that time. You know what I'm saying? I started selling my body <laughs> for right, crack, yeah, bro. <laughs> no, I'm so kidding. Yeah, yeah, no, no, sh- for sure. Yeah, I think that, you know, depending on how you're built, because I know some people who... Also, you your know, case was not extreme. You weren't putting yourself in danger. No, 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 You no. were just like... yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, Let no, me I actually just, step I, away from this thing and figure out, do I want it? Well, like, yeah, do, do I, I want I? it and what's sustainable? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of layers If to I it. don't get this thing I want, am I still 
okay live or I gotta yeah yeah and some people exactly. don't know that like but you know. but no but to your point I think that is a valid point though that you're making in that like I think that you know depend like I said depending on how you're built because some people don't have this some people are just like I'm good and I just want to be good forever and I don't care about like for me I've always been somebody who really cared about like my inner man and like who mm -hmm. I am so if you're built that way and you're also somebody who like really wants to take control of your life and you do identify as an entrepreneur or whatever mm -hmm. I do think that you have to go through that season of like proving it to yourself you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so yeah. I think it's that for sure I like that I like yeah. that a lot you gotta want it. If you want to be a boss, you know what I'm saying. You I gotta like, like try it. Like, and yeah. you know, I'm I'm just glad to like, you know, from all stories and whatnot, we put ourselves in a position to where we could fail, and yeah. everything. We're just like, okay, yeah. Like I, the mindset that y'all had coming out, it was like, okay, well, there's no real risk. It's like if it if everything fails, I could just do something else. This is not my privilege to tell Kofi's story, but even mm. before meeting Kofi at in Boston and Berkeley, like he left Kofi was set up. He had a job that he started before he graduated undergrad in engineering. Golly. So by the time he got there, he was already trained and ready to work on the floor and then basically making bigger money. He had like cribs and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, Carl, like, by the time I met him, all of that changed because he gave that whole shit up because he got tired of going in that office every day. He's just, like, and coming back home and spending his last blinking moments trying to make music and stuff with his friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was just like, I couldn't do it anymore. And it's just like, I clearly don't want this other thing. Yeah. So I definitely so might have just, to get him in here to talk so about So we kind of have... We actually, so I would say then our stories are very similar in that way. It's just mm -hmm. like the timeline and, and the, the, the timeline is different. Like, different. I'm like he did make like he did make it hard for himself. Like it was different from him and me is that obviously I was already in the music industry. I was giving up on being a professional trumpet player and all being in a big five orchestra or even any type of orchestra at that point because of the injuries I had. Mm -hmm. So I was giving up on that versus he was giving up on the fact that it, it's like, I'm not going to be my dad. I'm not going to do this job, this engineering stuff. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to do it. I'm not like this. You know, I'm just not going to do it. You know, and you know, him being Ghanaian and stuff like that, or Ghanaian, however you want to say it. Um, that's not copacetic. That is not kosher. Yeah. Just be like, let me give up this. Like, Dad, I don't want to be highly, an engineer. Highly, I want to be an engineer. Yo. You know, highly safe, highly recession-proof job yeah. to be a musician of sorts. Like, yeah. basically. Like, yeah. sorts. That, that, Yo, that's kind of crazy because where I relate uh, to that, so, so take out engineering and insert, like, commercial actor. Yeah. You know, or mm. take out engineering and insert, like, songwriter for, like, tweeny pop artists you know what i'm saying and it's like the difference is people i think consider that as like those things aspirational jobs like they they mm -hmm. consider that already unconventional and not mm -hmm. a nine to five but that was my reference point when it came to like doing something that was unfulfilling to me mm -hmm. so, you know what i'm saying so it's like whereas maybe like somebody might look at it as like you you giving up you know an an acting agent you yeah. giving up uh you know what I'm saying like consistent but, incomes in the realm of doing something that you love but it was mm -hmm. like that was my reference point so it's like I, I relate to that in terms of like that was my engineering yeah. you know what I'm saying and so for me but I was trading that musicianship and to be a musician for me was like to be an artist you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying like that's what I wanted I think more than anything was to know like. I'm an artist. Like, I am somebody who I would aspire to be if I wasn't mm. me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's it's, it's all kind of the same stuff. 
Man, it's crazy. I definitely agree with uh, what you said at the top and everything. Like, hey, that two, three years, if you can make it past that. The thing I say to people when they come to L.A. and whatnot, like, hey, first welcome. So it's an interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, it ain't for yeah, everybody. It ain't for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but... Uh, it's a it's a thing where basically you're gonna meet a lot of people. Some of them are weird. Um, don't take it too personal. Sometimes you're gonna be the weirdo. Yo, they were weird before you got here. They're gonna be weird while you're here, and they're mm. gonna be weird after you leave if you do. <laughs> so don't take it too personal. Um, and just you know, everybody has their own story in Hollywood. Everybody has their own. Mm-hmm thing of how things are going to go. So if something happened really good for somebody, that doesn't mean it's going to happen for you good. And if somebody had a horrible time, that doesn't mean it's going to be horrible for you. Like, everybody has their own thing. Because sometimes, you know, people have these scary ghost stories and whatnot, and it's like, oh, man, is that going to happen to me? Nah, your your story might be completely different. Facts. But definitely, I just tell people to, like, find a try. One of the things that I think that has helped all of us, you know, especially... Uh, you, Clef, is, is having finding your tribe and finding a group of people because most of us are away from our families out here. Mm-hmm. And so finding a group of people that you can rely on. Like, I got evicted. My homegirl, Anita, was right there. Like, I love her to death for that because it was like, she and she was just like so cool. Like, oh, yeah, just come over right now. Like, whatever. Grab your stuff. Where you at? The one reason I'll say that it's mm-hmm. like harder than New York and I'll leave off with this is like in New York, everything is like, you, you have to kind of outwork people physically. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you know, you got to get up early, work hard, go to sleep late and everything. And it's like a lot of this. But a lot of times, for the most part, you'll see the fruits of your labor. Or, you know, you're very out. It's okay to be outspoken there. So you can call people on not seeing the fruits of your labor. Like, yo, I did X, Y, Z for you. Blah, blah, blah. I want my <laughs> stuff. And that is perfectly normal. And they're like, well, he did do X, Y, Z for you. He wants his stuff. Like, yeah, yeah we all agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. LA mm-hmm. is a little bit different because it's not so much of a physical battle as it is a mental and spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Because you have to deal with the mental ups and downs of working hard on something, it actually turning out to be a mirage, mm-hmm. and then everybody looking like you're crazy for being upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to be like, hold up, what? And they're like, they're just used to it. And yeah. so the mental dexterity and the spiritual work it takes to be okay with that and not let that, you know, get you down, it it it's not easy yeah. and whatnot. So it's more you have to have a more inner strength to be to survive in LA than maybe you do in New York, where it's more of an external strength. I'll say this: I, I commend anybody who even tries because I'd rather at the end of my life say, "Oh well," than "What if?" Ooh, think about it. Like just try. I think we can drop the mic on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please drop my mic. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Calvin. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, for everybody. (laughs) 